Holy hippy dippy jippity dippy, it's the cultured guitarist <laughs> and Casper's already hating this intro. Oh, man. My name we were just- is literally Al. <laughs> and with me as ever is confounded Casper. Yep. And returning the Sherpa of Petals. <laughs> Epic Eric Marrow. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for that nickname. That is yeah, a great nickname. That was a good one. For, for Eric. Also, also <laughs> uh, the, the intro, the hippity-dippity. Oh, man, we were that, literally just having a conversation about maybe putting some intellectual discussion into the show. Yeah, I, and then I went that <laughs> <And> right. That, <laughs> you know what? I got caught, like, in the middle of the, Here's how unplanned that was. Mm. In the middle of that, when I went hippity-dippity-dip, like, I was like, is jippity some kind of racial slur that I... <laughs> Like, I, don't I, so. I don't think it is, but it, like my brain was like, it kind of sounds like it might be one. But I'm glad you. One. I'm glad you found your way out of that spiral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anywho, how's it going this week, gentlemen? Epic. Super epic. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So I, I, okay. Back on the nickname game, uh, oh, I've been thinking. I'll be back. That would be a great nickname. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's good. That's good. And now. then, and then pod Casper. Ooh, you know, what's great. And I, I actually do like the Casper punny kind of names. And I changed my, my, my gamer tag in our, in PUBG mobile to Casbird the other day. Yeah. yeah I was like, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing you did. And I did. did do on the air. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great because it was it was bird before that. It's true. <laughs> yeah, helps if they know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think that's just because oh, I mean we're I was trying to put just stupid names in there because I think you were something really dumb for a long time. I've been a slew of really dumb, dumb gamer names. Yeah. yeah, so it was like yeah no, I'm just doing like I was penguin nipples and yeah. emu nipples, angry piddle, angry piddle. Wow, a lot of nipple names, huh? Yeah, yeah. There Y'all was, likes yeah. nipples. Uh, well, <laughs> there's Man, no, we, we are off to a great no answering that without sounding like a weirdo. <laughs> How are you going to try and sound not like a weirdo, Well, They're birds. They don't have nipples. It was, I thought it was funny, okay? Anyways. Uh, yeah, now I'm Damp Nugget, which has no oh, weird meaning at all, but it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, it made it just made me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of our uh, squad mates that we play with very regularly, she was really like, "What is that? Is it sexual? I don't like it. <laughs> it's not good." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, hard shift back to on topic with a guitar-based podcast. Guitar stuff. Yes. <laughs> there's uh, so much guitar stuff. There's some, there's so much guitar stuff. So much guitar stuff. Have you guys seen all the guitar stuff? Yeah, this is killer. Some this of it. Killer do- I, this content. Oh my gosh. Stop digging, you've struck oil. This is it. This is how we beat out all those other losers with their dumb podcasts. Uh, let's kick it into. All right. All right. Mr. Pick a number out of one, 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 pick a number between one and three, one, two, or three, Casper. Seven. That's three. I'll pick three. I asked the guitarist to count. That's on me. (laughs) I know one. 
four, five. That's right. How many are you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Back on. Yeah. All right. No, no. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Pick a number between uh, one and 10. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. Eric, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not too much. Actually, I've had like time is just kind of like non-existent now. Uh, the wa- last week has been like a blur of like our furnace shut down. And then we had to get a new water heater. But in my music week, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been down this this trial. I know. I know. Oh, it's, it's awful. Sucks. <laughs> just like I don't even know what day it is. But uh, I got a new guitar. Yeah. I built I built a lot of pedals. I've made a bunch of videos, <laughs> and then I built more pedals. All right. So you're just total freaking slacker. It's, yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. Your uh, life, your life kind of sucks, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh tell me about it yeah (laughs) no no, it's it's been awesome but it's like everything just kind of like blurs together nowadays yep yeah a little bit a little bit yeah all right yeah uh the guitar is probably the 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 newest thing in my music week um which i think we're going to talk about here a little bit but it's a a squire it's a squire jazz master uh, Squire Classic Five Jazz Master, which yeah, that was a kind of inspired. Uh... It's the burst though, right? No, no, I got the white one. Oh, you got the they, white they, one. They, oh, okay. they only give us lefties the ch- the choice of a white one. I think. Oh. Yeah, his, well, he has another Jazz Master that's sunburst though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Yes, I do have a Jazz Master that's sunburst. Okay, that's a proper one. The real deal. A proper. Uh, yeah. it, it's a it's a parts build, so it's not a Fender Jazzmaster, but Frankenstein it's Frankenstein proper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Lefties, lefties, <laughs> oh boy. Oh no, Man. lefty jokes come up already. There <laughs> we go. All right, Casper, number between one and seven. Why? Because I told you to. Uh, I want to choose. Can I choose? Yeah, Eric can choose. Yeah, uh, four, please. All right. Uh, well, this week I. <laughs> Have been, I divided what? it up. I, he, what? Nothing. There's, there's, there's no check sum. You can just you never just go. I divided <laughs> the numbers up in my head. Do just, it. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week I took a booking uh, for a virtual concert. That's cool. nice. And uh, so I've been cracking out the uh, the guitar and doing a lot of practicing mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get ready for that. I've been playing the. Uh, Want to take that home? Uh, I don't know if I'll need it, to be honest. Okay. I've been playing the uh, Cronbauer Jazz Box a bunch, which has been nice. Um, I really enjoy that thing. I still haven't plugged it in. I, need I to, would I love really to play it. To, yeah, I should, I, should, I should bring it. Mm. Um, I think I said I was going to bring it, then I forgot Many to. times. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> yeah. Have you posted a picture on that? A picture um, of that on your Instagram yet? I, you know, you know what? I don't think I have since it's been fully like Assembled. set back up again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I have. I should. You got to do that. Yeah. yeah. I talked about how it's a knuckle destroyer. So yes, <laughs> it's probably supposed <laughs> to picture so it people is can understand. Like super gorgeous. Yeah, it's like, a gorgeous flame maple yeah. back and sides. Like really pretty. Um, yeah, you showed me pictures of it. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else needs to see it. Yes. I, well, I did. I did post some pictures of the back of it. Mm-hmm. of the, yeah. the flame maple and stuff but the top was kind of like it wasn't doing itself justice because the parts weren't on it so it just kind of looked mm-hmm. like a half guitar 
Yeah. Um, but I should, yeah, I should post a picture now that it's all together. So I've been playing that a lot. Cool. Uh, went through pedals, got a bunch of pedals that I'm selling. Mm-hmm. That's all going to AMP stuff. The AMP fund? Yep. Uh, even though um, Earl very kindly gave me an AMP last week, mm-hmm. uh, which is super, super kind of him. Um, it belonged to a mutual friend of ours who passed away. So I'm looking forward to having that. But I still need an amp that uh, is light and easy for me to take on the road when I am back and able to go on the road. So I'm probably going to get a Katana or a Nextone. I'm still really torn between the two. Mm. I um, vote Katana. Yeah. <laughs> everybody seems to. And I think that's because everybody's kind of bought them. Well, I have yeah. one. I like it. I like um, it a lot. I would have probably, if it was me, I might. I, I, I wish I bought the 100. You wish you bought the 100, I yeah. do wish I bought the 100. Because now having the Classic 30 and the output of this tube amp, this thing seems really feeble. Mm. But by comparison, that Classic 30 rips. Yeah, PV Classic 30s are loud. loud <laughs> That's funny. That's funny that you say that about the, the you wish you bought the 100. I actually have the 100-watt Katana. Okay. And I, I don't think I've ever taken it off the half-watt setting. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't play like super loud, and I only until recently, it. yeah, I, I've only been recently able to actually play at any significant volume. So that was just funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think the the next tone forty is the one that appeals to me the most. If if money were not on a limit, mm. mm-hmm. I'd probably buy one of the Fender Tone Master series. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, yes, because yeah. those things are just oh, yeah. oh, they're so good. But finances are limited. And uh, so I got to, you know, be smart. And the next tone 40 is about 600 or 700 bucks brand new. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not an expensive amp. And it kind of splits the difference between like the Katana and the Tone Master cost wise. the Tone Master is only like 999, the deluxe reverb? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, you don't think there's, there's $150 worth of value going up? Uh, yeah, but I, there's also what can I afford and where I'm at right now. I haven't really had an income for a year now, so oh, I gotta, I gotta be careful. Got it. So, you know, there and there is something to the, there is something appealing about uh, getting a next tone and having the option of like messing with six L six tones, six V six tones, EL eighty four, EL thirty four. Uh, being able to really dial those in, like as I've, I messaged uh, the the distributor for the or the regional dude rep for Boss, mm-hmm. and asked him like, hey, I I want to get behind the the sales lingo, and I just want to get like, uh, can you give me a layman's explanation of the difference between the katana and the next tone? Because I'm just struggling with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he what he said to me was basically. The Boss Katana series is all about the preamps. Mm. You're getting a bazillion different preamp models. That's what you're paying for. And you get the Katana? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the next tone, you get one preamp, and you're paying for all these different oh, power, power tube amps. sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I see. It's, it's tweakability there. You still have reverb, delay, and tremolo on the next tone. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, which are I can't say that I use any of the onboard effects oh and that's the thing <laughs> I, I i wouldn't use a lot of the katana's stuff i'm, I'm i like to tweak with pedals yeah um so that's i actually the had next a hell is. of a time getting them all turn off and yeah. stay off <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so I, I th- I'm I'm leaning towards the next tone pretty strongly. Yeah. Um, and it you know appeals to that hipster side of me that I want to have something a little different than everyone else. And so, mm. Uh, mm. yeah. Anyway, that what have you been up to this week, Casper? Oh my God, I don't have to pick a number. No, you're the last guy up. <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week, um, I have been doing a lot of learning, like a lot of it. Um, I learned how to run somewhat how to run a uh, uh, PCB design software um, online. And uh, I designed my very first a PCB for a three-position dual-throw or double-throw uh, foot stomp switch and uh, like a little power buffer to keep the light from causing a pop in the system. And anyway, it was really cool. Um, I have to give a huge shout-out to Neil from Dr. Scientist for helping me learn all that stuff. and and understand how to do it right <laughs> um so that's was one cool thing i really i don't know i have like pictures of it on my phone i'm really proud of it so that's really cool yeah. what so what resources did you use to learn like the the software program uh neil from okay no it's really funny you, is the the <clears throat> software that i that i was using is easy or uh, easy eda yeah, easyeda.com. It's like an online editor. Um, okay. I've tried to use Eagle, mm-hmm. and I'm too stupid for Eagle. Uh, I cannot run a, a full Blast CAD program. I just, there's too much to think about, and I overthink everything, and then I get lost in the little minutia, and there's just no point. Uh, Easy EDA was like super easy to plug into. And, Sweet. And just like grab little things, like components and stuff. You can move components into your schematic super easily. You can, edit the footprints and stuff on like i hate to turn this into an ad for them but it really <laughs> w- it really was super easy to to get my head around and i found that the full blast like eagle from autodesk was just too much yeah um, i mean like if you open that up and you don't know what you're doing it's kind well, of like i don't i can't do anything in so this program I, and i have to say i watched probably four or five hours of tutorials on autodesk Okay. And it still was like, what? Just didn't, nothing connected for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that savvy with the, like the whole, uh, architecture of the circuitry already. So, Mm -hmm. um, having to piece it all together based off of the stuff that they're talking about, which is like led trigger circuits and all other things. It was just, nothing was relatable. So, um, using easy EDA and having Neil go, Oh, that looks great. But here's some things you should think about and how to do it right. And like sending me little links to, you know, here, read this and see what this gives you as inspiration. And, and that, yeah. you know, and then when I finally put the circuit together and like, it wasn't anything special. It's just a light and some resistors and a capacitor and stuff, but you know, it's routing all the traces and doing it so that it's effective and it's not noisy. And, you know, it was just really cool to have his help and I, and, and to do that. So uh, now I have a, a circuit, and a design that's ready to go to a printer and actually be made. So nice. Like little, little just daughter boards for, for stomp switches. So that's really cool. Um, after that, like experience of, of an evening of messing around, I was like, okay, now I've built a couple of pedal kits. That's awesome. Proof of concept. Uh, I can build a pedal that works after screwing it up and then fixing it. So that's cool. And then I can design something simple on a, CAD type program for building uh, circuit boards. Cool. 
So now I've got all this proof of concept stuff. Now it's like, now I'm going to try and figure something out where I can breadboard it, make noise come out of it, and then learn how to make it better. So that's the part where I'm in right now. I've got a op amp distortion pedal that I'm breadboarding and it makes noise. So if it parades. I give this a year before you're starting up a pedal brand. <laughs> just to, yeah. Just to I, that. I, That's it. You actually think I can manage this in a year? Whew. I don't know. I man. hear you talking about it and, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't follow all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that if I, if I get into something, I learn everything that I can as fast yeah. as I can. And it's, and mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it so was you're just, saying, so you're saying six months then? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, a year is, uh, <laughs> a little bit steep for my, for the learning curve. There's a lot to learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, and my ineptitude at it is, is vast yet. So <laughs> <laughs> notice how he's definitely like, no, I'm starting a pedal brand. It's just not yet. <laughs> no, no. Not yet. <laughs> Man, if I could manage that, uh, at all ever, I would be super stoked. Well, anybody can say they have a pedal brand, and anybody could theoretically be selling pedals, mm. or at least offering them for sale. Sure. So, and I, it's important to note that if you're going that if I was to, it would not be remakes of other people's things. I don't like that per se. I would play them, but I don't want to make somebody else's stuff and call it a different name and and you know build a clone and call it my own. I just it's not my thing. I'll take parts and pieces and make things out of nothing out of everybody else's stuff that's all kind of mashed together because there's really only so many ways to do it, you know? Like there's only 12 notes in music, that's how you arrange them. So, or western music, I should say. So, uh there's only so many ways to do it well and people we we live in a culture in a in a, in a society now where guitars pedals and things are so finely tuned and so many people are are doing it that building something entirely unique is going to be very, very difficult, uh, if not impossible, because uh, there's just so many people doing it. All right, that's a busy week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I bought a guitar too, but that was last week. (laughs) I've been playing that guitar a lot. And actually, it's funny because I'm not a, a, a single coil guy, but I actually dig the Telecaster that I bought. So. Wait, so you said you got the classic vibe. Let's just jump into this. You okay. got the classic vibe Tele Deluxe? Tele Custom. Custom. Yeah. Is that not the double humbucker? No, that's nope. the that's the 72, 72 Deluxe. Th- 72 Deluxe, yeah. Okay. The so no, this is uh, Deluxe is the one humbucker in the neck. Mm-hmm. Or is that the Deluxe Custom? Anyway, the, the Custom is double bound. Double bound. 67. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like the sunburst double. B- yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the one. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. That I'm with it. <laughs> I'm hip. I've been actually <laughs> really happy with it, though. And, and um, if you want to really crack into this topic right now, I, I have a feeling that maybe you're not particularly. <laughs> well, uh, yes. <laughs> That's where we're at, isn't it? <laughs> so, if if we're keeping track, dear listeners, you'll remember that old Uncle Eal here bought <laughs> a... Uh, <laughs> Why are you you're snort laughing? Uncle Eal? Yeah. Uncle Eal. <laughs> Uncle Eal. Uh... I used to have a coworker we called Uncle Touchy. Um, 
<laughs> That's relevant completely. Just, well, he wor- I worked at a music shop with him. Anyway, um, you'll remember that old Uncle Al bought a, a Squire um, Jazz Master uh, four or five months ago now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Summertime. Classic vibe. Classic vibe. Right? And I've really enjoyed my purchase. It's mm-hmm. been yeah. a great purchase. It's been at Casper's for quite a while, but I, I love the guitar. It was a great purchase. There's nothing wrong with it. I've had no issues other than classic jazz master issues that all of them are prone to it's not a squire thing it's not a serious thing it's just a a thing just a thing mm-hmm. um and mr eric marrow bought the exact same model however yes. eric is of the dark side and uh, yes. his was left-handed so uh, there's the root of all the issues i was gonna say it was probably made on a friday but it's actually because it's a it's, left-handed one really we know the issue yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh eric's yours has been a bit of a, a nightmare almost uh yeah to a nightmare to put it easily like in a in a good light uh yeah i so i i got the classic vibe jazz master and the ad said that it was a floor model, so I got a little bit of a discount. And then also it said that it had been set up, it will be set up by their professional luthiers before it ships out. And I got it, and it was clear that it had not even been touched in any sort of like, this guitar is now set up way. Uh, now, did you buy it for, uh, from an online retailer? or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was through Reverb um, from an online retail. Yep. Uh, but But when it got to me, when it got to me, I immediately noticed that like the bridge is resting on the body. So like right straight off the bat in Jazz Master terms, you you don't want the bridge resting on the body because that means you don't have enough break angle over the bridge. Um I think that's the, how they come set up. Mine came up that way too. And I've heard okay. of other, others of the Squire series coming that way. Yeah. So the <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So it didn't have to get to address, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. Uh, to to address that point, I know why that is. It's because if you take the neck off, they have maybe like an eighth inch by a quarter inch piece of sandpaper as their neck shim. Uh, and for for all the listeners, you need a uh, you need to pitch back the neck in order to be able to raise the bridge. Uh, and that's what they were using to pitch back the neck was just a tiny little piece of sandpaper. So like maybe like a sliver of a credit card next time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a business card. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey man, yeah. I've I've taken necks off of lots of guitars and find little folded up pieces of business card in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that would that would be uh, a better idea than what they had. But yeah, it got to me and then I couldn't my idea was just to like you know, I wanted to see what all this was about. I wanted to make videos and like help people with like understanding the jazz master. And also it's like the first time that fenders offered us lefties an affordable version of the jazz master. So I just, I wanted to see what it was about. My idea was to keep it stock. Um, I've had to upgrade the tuning keys already because I can't, it came with three of the tuning pegs slipping um, but two of those could get the string up to pitch, but one was just oh, not even capable yeah. of. I now of I being... remember seeing this video. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, your video of those tuners, man, that was insane. Like the gear was just concave. It was toast. Every yeah. tooth. <laughs> yeah. It was. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
the the I'm sorry the the store that I bought it from they're gonna make it right of course uh but that's gonna take like thirty to forty five days before I get a replacement set so I just went ahead and bought a Godo set so there go. yeah there you go Toe. Uh, oh, oh, this guy. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. <laughs> but yeah, so Al, you you got yours and did some modifications though, right? Yeah. So I mean, none of my parts were faulty. They were exactly yeah. as they were supposed to be. But mm-hmm. you know the, what? The I just what? No, never mind. Go. Sure, sorry. I had to just had a dynamite part. interruption. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so mine mine just was assembled as as all of them are and there's no break there's no neck angle going on so there's no Mm -hmm. chance of proper break angle over the saddles my bridge and saddles were like yours they were cranked right as close to the body as they would go Mm -hmm. so i mean you strum any cord at all with any kind of oomph and the you know you're you're slipping the string off somewhere yeah um so yeah, I had to get uh I ordered a neck shim. Um mm-hmm. I also ordered a descendant uh tremolo for mine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh that has taken care of most of my problems right there. Because nice. it uh the, it allowed for enough break angle on the strings that even though the bridge is still I have the, the guitar right beside me. Um, Same here. <laughs> yeah, even though the bridge is still cranked as low as it'll go. Uh, uh-huh. I haven't adjusted that at all. Well, and you um, haven't put okay. the neck shim in yet either. No, I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. It's got better brake angle over the saddles and doesn't slip yeah. nearly as easily just from that descendant tremolo. But that's a big, you know, big ticket mm-hmm. way of fixing the thing. Um, yeah. And, and it is either way, whether you do the descendant or the mastery, which has been kind of the, the go-to up until... Uh, you know, the descendant came out where people are really digging it. And I actually love the look of that and how it, how it functions is fantastic, yeah, but gorgeous. there's, there's two ways to go about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I bought this guitar sort of as a mod platform. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to like it enough right out of the box that, you know, if I didn't do any mods for a while, I could just play it and enjoy it. And I, and I, yeah, it, it did function that well. Um, but yeah, I, I I do intend to like it's going to get an X shim. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a new pick guard for it. I'm waiting for pickups to show up. Is, I was just going to say there is a oh, set nice. of pickups coming for it. Um, so once Sweet. the pickups get here uh, from more guitars, uh, mm-hmm. then then the whole thing's coming apart. It gets the next shim. It's getting the new pick guard. It's yeah. nice because you got the brushed aluminum pick guard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to look really I sharp. Want, yeah, I want to see that too. So whenever you do get that. Post a picture, please. Totally. Yeah, definitely will. I, I, I watched, uh, I, oh, I wish I could credit them, but I watched the video on YouTube. Um, well, honestly, the, the pick card probably just slip under the strings. Well, no. Because <laughs> yeah. all the electronics are attached to it. Yeah, but the holes yeah. will still allow the switches to go through, except for maybe the knobs. It, yeah, but all the, everything's mounted to the pick card. Ah, never mind. We'll talk about I'm it later. confused as to what you're... I know. <laughs> You just, if, you, if you pop the knobs off, you could slip the pick guard underneath the strings for a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could, t- I could do that, yeah. Sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 looking f- I'm looking out for Eric here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought there. You derailed me. Again. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about... Oh, uh, the pick guard. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, did, I did my research, 
Um, and the aluminum pickguard was for more than just good looks, that anodized gold pickguard. Mm-hmm. Um, it blocks a lot of noise. It really, oh, nice. really does. And yeah. Leo begrudgingly changed the design to the plastic guards um, because he didn't like the way the anodized gold would wear off super quickly. Oh, so you got a gold one then? No, I got a silver one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I, I was looking for a gold one. I couldn't find one. The right gold. The, the yeah. right kind of gold. Because th- there's oh, okay. tons of different gold ones out there, and a lot of them are really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that nice colored lighter kind of gold was hard to mm-hmm. find in a non-relic version. Oh, okay. And even yeah. harder to find in a non-125 dollar version. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas the brushed silver one that I got cost me all of twenty dollars. Ooh. So Damn. that's a steal. Yeah. It's was, aluminum, actually. Yeah. No. Oh. Hey. <laughs> We're firing on all cylinders oh today. Gosh, this shows a number one. <laughs> but yeah, so it. I'm looking forward to the, the difference that makes, and it really don't make sense when you think about it, right? It's a better Faraday cage having an aluminum. Yeah, totally. Guard on top, so yeah, yeah. It should block some noise. I I don't know how much noise I'm going to get with these new more pickups. I don't even know what the pickups are. Because Dan that's, won't tell me. That's the greatest thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're at all single coil, then the pick guard will be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Man, there's not many companies or guys you'd order pickups from who refuse to tell you what they are that you'd still continue with that order. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because, uh, you know, he's not doing any of that to me. <laughs> well, no, you're paying for a full custom build. That's a different experience i got the hey i want to make some experimental pickups you want to bankroll them (laughs) yeah you you can be my (laughs) guinea pig if you want yeah (laughs) so i'm getting a different experience (laughs) yeah i i don't know so yeah i i think you know we didn't have a specific plan with the topic here but i just i'm i was curious about well now that casper has a squire classic vibe too like what your guys' experience was with them because like mine has been mostly not negative. Anything, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say garbage, but I don't want to be that negative. Well but yeah, garbage. I, I think the life of the guitar you got probably was a little different than yeah. the ones we yeah. got. Oh you know, for prior sure. prior to I mean mine was used. Um mm-hmm. it was uh sorry I guess the way that the music part shop the here works fleet. is part of the rental yeah. fleet, yes. And and okay. the salesman was like, I think it left once. It still has like plastic in some places from, you know, the yeah. you know the guarding the, the protective plastic and stuff like that. So it's not yeah. really well or or used a whole lot. And mm-hmm. I really think that it probably didn't get played a whole lot. It does need a setup. The pickups need to be balanced. That kind of stuff. But that's all yeah. little things that um. I just haven't done yet. Those aren't even issues. No, I don't not think mm-hmm. those are issues. They're really. not issues. Yeah. It, it plays well. It sounds good. You could buy a $5,000 custom shop guitar and, and have come, to balance yeah. the pickups. Yeah. yeah, I still need to set it up a little I bit. I would be yeah. a little bit chuffed if that happened, but <laughs> yeah. But it could happen. It could. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about, I think chuffed in, in England is like the exact opposite, opposite of what I just yeah. said. Yeah. See, but it, to me, it's not. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't yeah, sound no, like a I, happy I, thing. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think our, our goal here is just, um, Eric had a completely different experience with his, I think it's, it's mm-hmm. a cool thing we're talking about and we're sharing. Cause I don't think, you know, I think for people looking up reviews and stuff on these guitars, 
mm-hmm. when we buy them. I think they're pretty much coming across nothing but positive feedback. And it's not right. that we need yeah. to highlight there's negative feedback, but it's what are the pros and cons of these things? And yeah. What are the possibilities? And a big thing that that I keep thinking about and why I am like not happy with how it came out is like I can fix all these things and I've fixed most of them, but like if it were a kid getting it and they didn't know any better, you know, cause like these Squire guitars are aimed at like more beginner players generally. Mm-hmm. Um, like or if they were to poor get people that, like us, yeah, <laughs> per, exactly. Uh, but if we were beginners and we got that guitar and like, it just, it felt horrible to play yeah. and like, it didn't work like that would probably turn someone off from playing guitar at all. Totally. That's and, always, that's always why I, I don't recommend people like buy Jay Terzers and right. You know, the really yeah. crappy first acts from Walmart or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what these instruments always end up being. And you know, if that's somebody's first experience that they're going to be turned off of it, they're not going to continue playing. And that's just bad for the entire industry. You know, yeah. fun, funny story, um, right back to my childhood. Cause I, the, you know, when I got my first guitar, when I was 29 was not the first guitar I ever played. Um, you know, we, we always had this, this old Japanese Yamaha, um, FG 75 red label in the house. I had no idea what it was until I started playing guitar. And then realized, oh my gosh, this is actually a kind of a nice guitar. Um, it was bought new by my grandmother in 1972. And it's always been in the house. And when I was mucking around with it as a kid, it had, I think the strings that I swamped out of it when I started playing guitar in my late 20s were the ones that were always on it. Oh no. They were black. All of them. Like the oxidation had taken this guitar uh, down a very oh, dark, no. dark path. And so when I was playing this thing, it had, it already had 30 year old strings on it. So yeah. that experience right there was the reason I never continued to play guitar because that thing hurt. It yeah. hurt to play it. Well, yeah. It was awful. You can't expect new players to know or to recognize these things. And I had no yeah. idea. So, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a thing. I will say the classic vibe series has some epic starting things though. Bone nut. Mm. Like, yeah. That is crazy to me that these things have an actual shaped bone nut on them. Uh, I, honestly, it, it surprises me that they like make sound because when I first started, I had a Squire and it was not nearly as like well constructed as even my guitar that I just got. Yeah. yeah. I, the, I, like, so I, I think there's no getting around the fact you got a lemon. Yeah, for sure. No, well, no, no, it's just, it, it needs some love. I think, I don't think it, it was a complete lemon because I've fixed most of, if not all of the issues now, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, there's, but we're not, well, we're not fr- shirking f- away from the fact that the, the guitar had some issues, some, some bad yeah. issues, but the, but the frets aren't falling off of it and like but, that yeah. kind of stuff. But the quality yeah. level, I, I still stand by the quality level of these, these squires. They've. They're amazing for the money. Like, mm. You know, and I, I did play um, in the music shop. I played an Affinity model um, Strat or Telly that they had there. Yeah. Uh, That's like the super budget one, super right? Budget. Yeah. yeah, it was like three. I mean, 300 Canadian was the price tag on it. It was brand new, still wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did not speak to me. It didn't sing at all. Like, it felt lousy. Yeah. And, and then... You know, I I, did, I played a paranormal offset, and that felt pretty good. But 
This, well, the Affinity series might as well be called Baby's First Guitar. Uh, like, yeah, really... yeah. It's a, yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed. I am disappointed that they're that much worse to play. But again, if we were to compare them to a Jay Turzer or a First Act from Walmart, is it that much better? Yeah, it felt pretty. Sh- Pardon me, but it felt pretty terrible. <laughs> I just won't need a beep there. <laughs> Most of the time, they do what they need to do. They keep tune. They play. Yeah. They don't, you know, mm. they, they let you learn. They get out of the way enough that you can learn to play guitar on them. Once you're playing, you're going to notice, oh, these pickups feed back when I play in a jam with my buddies. Or, oh, I don't like the way that it doesn't feel good when I try and do a string bend. Or, yeah. The, the strings never return to pitch if I use that arm thingy down there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there are things about those guitars that are questionable, but they'll get you going. Yeah, I suppose. And yeah. uh, by the way, people, the reason I keep saying first act from Walmart is it's because there are first acts that were not from Walmart. There's a, there, yeah. there once was a custom <laughs> shop. <laughs> yes. And uh, I want to be respectful of the fact that Eric has a first act custom shop guitar. I do. Yeah. And it is a heck and cool instrument. It's, oh man, it, it plays and sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like it, it. I'm pretty sure it was the same company. The 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 faction of the company just like opened up a custom shop. I think mostly for marketing purposes. Like I don't, they, I don't, I don't know what. I, I. It's really hard to find any history on it. It seems like they were a custom shop. And yeah, they did a licensing that, deal of some kind. <laughs> that that yeah. could be. Yeah, but like. I'm pretty sure what they did, like after they opened the custom shop, they're like, okay, well, let's just con- contact as many bands as we can, and we'll say, what do you want in a guitar, and we'll give you that guitar. Because, yeah. like, if you look back on their Facebook page, they've made, they well, they made a ton of guitars. I think they closed down like 2014. Yeah, they've been gone for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but they, yeah, my first act is amazing. My friend Jason, uh, he has a DC six which is kind of like a, a Yamaha SG looking double cut thing. Um, and it's, it feels like less Paul and like the weight and construction, but it's, it's just so nice. Hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd really like to get my hands on one of the custom shop ones. Anyway, we're really sides digressing yeah. here, but <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, <clears throat> there is a, there is a thing like, it seems like Fender has really shifted their tiers. Um, mm-hmm. In recent years, the Japanese stuff is almost American in its pricing and, and yeah. uh, level of workmanship. It's, it's, it's way up there. The mm-hmm. Mexican stuff is kind of all sitting where the Japanese stuff was a few years ago. It's, it's not very cheap anymore. No. Um, it's still insanely great value. And yeah. now it seems like Fender is filling in this void yep. with Korean-made Fender. On, with Fender on the headstock or mm-hmm. Squire. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they did Korean made Fender stuff. Well, there's stuff That's like the, the cool. There's a um, player series. Uh, I got to look it up, but yeah, there is, there is a series of Fender. That's like a few hundred dollars more than the classic vibe series. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it still says Fender on the headstock. It can't mm-hmm. be Mexican made. It's too cheap for that, but I think it's coming from Southeast Asia somewhere. Okay. Cool. Indonesia. I had no idea. Yeah, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or something yeah. on Instagram, but um, send us a nice email uh, or a mean email. Just send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. 
<laughs> What's your email address? Cultureguitarist at gmail.com. There you go. You can send I'm on it right now. Sending an email right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Squire Classic Vibe series seems to be t- kind of stepping into where the like the Mexi Standard series was. Yeah. Uh, six years ago. Mm. Yeah. I remember when I started playing, I used to collect the uh, Musician's Friend magazines and I would just like circle the guitars I want. And I distinctly remember the standard Fender offerings, like the, the Strat, the Tele, and the, the Jazz Bass and P Bass were $300 or like $320, I think. The, like the standard Mexican made ones were, uh, yeah. were that cheap. And then now they're like, you know, 600 bucks. Yeah, I I remember a time where like Canadian dollars wise it was like a four to five hundred dollar event to buy whatever fender you wanted from, yeah. from the Mexican line. Mm-hmm. And it was just like why would anybody ever buy anything else? <laughs> yeah. The price value was so good. Uh yeah. And I liked the uh the kind of the way their ceramic based pickups sounded. They were kind of the Mexican pickups mm-hmm. had their own vibe going on. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think I've said this before and I, I, I've got, you know, friends that, you know, other friends than you that tour, you know, amazing. I know. Um, but, uh, just, you have other friends. Yeah, I know. Um, so, but like, I've got other friends that have had both American and Maxi strats and, um, I, my one friend, he bought, he had this Maxi strat and then, then somebody came along and wanted to. I don't know, maybe he ended up buying an American Strat and selling his Mexi and then regretted it uh, almost instantly because he, the Mexi spoke to him more. It just felt better in his hands. You know? yeah. And I think that comes down to it too. When you're at this level of, of solid instruments, um, you, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, a status symbol to, to own yeah. the, you know, the, the Cadillac versus the Pontiac, but it's, it's just, you know, they're both great cars. So it, it's, it's tough that way. Um, but I definitely heard more than one person tell me that um, they actually felt their Mexican fender was, was as good, if not um, better in their hands uh, to their feel than, than the American ones. I mean, they weren't worse. No. They were just different. Right. And no. so it doesn't surprise me when people say they, preferred some of the Mexican series yeah. versus the American series. I, I think, and we've said this before on the show, like country of origin is starting to matter less and less and less to people. Yeah. And I think that's really as the baby boomer generation kind of gets out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. That was the generation that was really like, had to say made in USA on it or they wouldn't yeah. buy it. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. It's, people are just kind of a lot more open. Um, to wherever their, their custom guitars are coming from. Yeah. So it allows companies like Fender or, or other big brands to branch out their manufacturing bases and not get that stigma of Mm -hmm. it doesn't say made in USA on it. Is it still quality? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, that's what like Reverend guitars has always kind well, not always, but for the majority of their, residency i think they've had guitars manufactured in korea i think um and then they set them up in the u.s like they they get them all shipped to their facility and they set them up they put their pickups in them 
and all that right, stuff. Yeah. And I think I think that's a really great way to go. Yeah, totally agreed. And I mean, I remember when uh, they made that switch from being all USA to to going overseas. They faced a couple of a uh, couple of tough years critically. Yeah, people being a little bit standoffish with the new offerings and. Mm-hmm. Silly, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh, my gosh, man. My, <laughs> I had things lined up that I was going to talk about. I love the mess you've made. And then uh, <laughs> Casper made me fill up his tea, and then I've got a spill mess going on over here. Uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. There's no electronics on his desk. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I keep a cork on his fork. He's <laughs> hurt himself. Mopping up tea with my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's why it's called a T-shirt. Oh, I hate that you said that. Yes, oh, man. Oh my gosh, get off the show. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, kind Pretty of. Fine, Not really. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like, so overall though, okay, like, has your has this experience soured you? And what did you have to do to fix everything, other than the Godos? No. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think it soured me. It's just it's been a bit of a headache. Um so I had to get the new tuners. I had to raise the bridge with a neck shim. Of course, I did the I got the Stumac full neck pocket neck shim. That's what I did. Yep. Yeah. Um so I I did that. I had to raise the bridge. I'm looking at it right now to make sure <laughs> I'm going over everything. Uh oh, I had to so I oiled the fretboard because it was really dry looking. Um, so I did that. And then I also took some steel wool to the, <clears throat> to the frets because when it came to me, you could like, I could feel when you bent a note, I could feel the strings rubbing on the frets, which means, which meant I needed to take the strings off and then polish the frets, um, long ways, not, not up and down the neck, but like from side to side to get rid of all those grooves. Mm. And then the last thing that I had to do was last night after I, uh, I got the strings back on it, tuned it up and everything, I put the vibrato arm in it, and I was like, plan, I went to get the vibrato arm, and it moved like three or four inches without actually catching to detune the strings. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, that I know a-, a guy that's got... A right-handed vibrato that would probably <laughs> yeah. fit in there. <laughs> what I mean, what it was a pretty easy fix. It was just another headache. Another All I had thing. to do was, yeah, another thing. It was just the the uh, like the shaft that holds the vibrato arm in is threaded on the bottom, and so it had just come unscrewed from the bottom of the plate. So I just took the vibrato off and screwed it back in. And then now I think it's mostly. Okay. Oh my gosh, Eric, I'm sorry, buddy. That's it's all good. You know, it's all good. I, I think your apology is warranted because <laughs> you're the reason he bought one. I know. <laughs> Thank How you. How dare you, man? <laughs> I love the message. I am inspired. I bought a jazz master like you, Al. <laughs> Listen. <it's... laughs> I hope you feel terrible. I didn't make him left-handed, okay? Which is clearly what's responsible here. 
Oh man. Uh, so are you planning to replace the the trim setup? Uh, right now, I honestly just want to get it like solidly working, and then kind of judge everything. So like this. The whole process has been a little bit of a headache, of course, but then it's also kind of given me the opportunity to like make another video for the YouTube channel of like how to set up Jazz Masters or like the issues you might encounter when getting a lower price guitar like this and how to remedy them. Mm. So like I'm I'm taking it that way. Uh so now once I get everything set up, I can kind of like compare it to my parts build jazz master see what i like about it and what i don't like but i don't plan on doing any mods right now but that's probably going to change in the in the future so i don't know if we talked about this last time and if we did it's i've totally forgotten your parts build jazz master did mm -hmm. you choose the parts how did that come about yeah so the parts jazz master um if you go to my instagram or youtube it's it's pretty if prominently you featured. Him at all, Al, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> the yeah. the parts build was um, a tribute to my dad because growing up, his guitar was a jazz master from I think like sixty four or five. It was somewhat it it was unique in that the the front of the guitar was a two-tone sunburst and the back of the guitar was a three-tone sunburst. And then oh, that's a weird one. I think it was all three-tone at one point, but the sun has just faded that like red on the front. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Those six yeah. fenders, the red dye tended to disappear. To, yeah. To fade. So it, it had that going on. And then the neck was, it was bound on the sides, but it had, dot inlays and not block inlays generally you find generally you find dots without binding or binding with block inlays so that was a that was a unique thing that i learned more recently about it um but my dad passed away a few years ago and i thought a good way to to honor him would be to put together a left-handed version of that and and it turned out like really good uh i love that guitar right now uh, but it did take a little like getting used to and like you know ironing out because these jazz masters are a little finicky if you don't know if you're not familiar with them you know mm -hmm. uh, so what did you, what did you do with that build like where did you get all the parts let's deep dive on that man yeah the the body was from mjt aged finishes here in the the states nice. um they do great I, stuff honestly like, i can't be happier with their work i sent them like pictures a bunch of pictures of my dad's guitar and they were like you know we can get it like approximately worn because his guitar had some like some bumps on it and i was like just if as long as it's kind of like the same level of wear not like the same exact marks that's that's totally fine but they they pretty much got the same exact marks on that guitar because they age their stuff too if you want mm, um nice. so i got yeah i got i got that and i was very surprised about that um, the neck is a music craft neck, so they they work in conjunction with MJT. You can order a site or order a neck off their site, and they'll drop ship it to MJT to finish. Uh, and then I I think the hardware is just what MJT included with their like the the full build package. So I didn't really source the pickup or no, I'm sorry, I didn't source the the pickguard or the tuners um 
the right now the pickups are noiseless brown noiseless jazz master pickups from brandon wild pickups mm. and those are really good I, I love those and then this uh when i got this it was before they fender had started selling um lefty vibrato systems so i had to upgrade to the mastery in that one mm-hmm. okay uh, so so i just started off with mastery on that one and like honestly if i upgrade the squire it's probably going to be a mastery or or descendant uh, mm-hmm. that definitely would be a good upgrade yeah yeah the, i've i can't fault either of them i i went with the descendant purely out of uh curiosity it was definitely the second player on the market so they had uh mm-hmm. you know they had some unique ideas with the trim that uh mastery really didn't uh adjust a whole lot trim wise yeah they're real mastery's real uh advancement was the bridge and the saddles yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um although they did uh you know obviously they made the intelligent decision to get those screws out of the way they they put machine screws on their trim as well yeah <clears throat> but descend uh i really like it no it's just me yeah it looks really cool and especially since it um it the strings sit below the plate so it increases yeah. the brake angle that's that's really really unique and like really smart yeah yeah it was definitely a good good move on uh on their part to do that it's funny that there's this whole like specialized world of, of uh, offset aftermarket parts because of yeah, the, correct these all design these, issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So on like I had a whole Jazz Master journey with that parts build. Like for some reason, I could not ever figure it out. And I have to send a huge shout out to Justin over at Abernathy Guitars. He helped me figure this out. But like, it always felt dull. Like or like. I don't muted maybe it just felt like the the outer strings like the top e and the the low e were fine and like the a and b strings were always okay but the d and g strings always felt like dull to me and i took it to repair uh friends who do like repairs here in town and like i i would ask over and over again like why is this why does it feel like this and everyone's like i don't really understand why anything would feel like that but then Justin was like, you might want to just put a string tree on the DNG strings up at the headstock. And so I did that and it it completely took away all like the dullness or like muted feeling of those strings. And it it feels awesome right now. Oh, huh, really? Yeah. That is yeah. And that is interesting. That's I I don't know why. Um maybe it's because I'm I'm used to like the tilted back headstock guitars mostly. But like it just felt it felt like foreign to play that guitar. It never felt comfortable until I put that um, the second string tree on. I am very curious about that. My so mine has a B and E string tree, mm-hmm. but not yeah. a D and G. Yeah, and and most guitars don't. I think most like Fender style guitars don't have two string trees. But yeah, if if anyone listening has that issue where it like just feels if you can't really or like if, if it feels dull or muted is how I described it. You might need a string tree on the D and G strings. That's interesting. 
I wonder yeah. why that is. Like, I'd really love to. I want yeah, to know I mean, the physics of that. Yeah, I think it's strats have a, a D&G string tree. Yes, they do. Well, mine does. Okay. Or a lot of them anyway, not all of them, but. Yeah. And that, I mean, it might just be like, of course, it's the, the break angle, just like over the bridge, you know, you don't want, you want as, or like a steeper break angle. Like, that's why we shim the neck and raise the bridge. So it, it kind of translates into the nut, like behind the nut, because if you don't have enough break angle, then it, like I, I experienced too it. much motion in the, in the nut itself. Yeah, it's, I guess so. Of... Yeah. Something like, like there's not enough. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like stiff enough. That was yeah. weird. <laughs> That's super interesting. I, I don't, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to, like, do you want, I think I have a string tree. <laughs> no, I'm just like, man, I wonder if I'm going to start noticing like, oh man, my strings are, wow. Ah, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, if you do, if you do, uh, encounter that, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've also debated, uh, updating the string tree to a roller one. Yeah, I th- I think I'm probably going to do that uh as well on my my the parts build at some point. Yeah, just any any reduced area of friction you can, right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, let's get off this, man. Let's uh cuz you got other exciting things that uh, are nothing but uh I do. news. I want to yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Man. Let's, okay. Let's see. Should I Okay, so I have been working on uh, a pedal design and I, I did release a pedal a few months back. It was called the Canon. It was under my lefty guitars daily brand. Mm. It was just a limited release. And I have now transferred over and started a new, a new brand Elm effects. And it's our first offering is the Skybridge, which is the same circuit as the Canon, but it's under like, a, it's a more permanent offering now. So that's my biggest news is that uh, I started a pedal company. Casper, you're going you're gonna to start one here in like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, okay. and, <laughs> and the, the first pedal is the Skybridge. It's a distortion pedal and a boost pedal in one. Cool. And it's gorgeous looking. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. I feel awful. <laughs> I, I don't Instagram good. Uh, <laughs> okay, hold on, wait. Uh, I want a shirt that says, quote, I don't Instagram good. And on the back, <laughs> it attributes you. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you, you got a thing where you make shirts, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah. You have my permission to make that shirt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, you can have that quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I say something about the Dundee? That was awesome. <laughs> like that. Come on. Yeah, I, that's that uh <laughs> my my buddy Jason who I work with really closely at Fuzzlord Effects, he he loved the episode and he loved the pedal sherpa name, so he got me a Dundee. <laughs> I actually I had a solid like hour long grin on my face over that one. I was like, "Man, that is just awesome." My face was hurting there. It never yeah. ceases to amaze me the random things that happen because you babble on a podcast yep. <laughs> it was so great like <laughs> that yeah anyway <laughs> it's sitting on my uh my windowsill right beside me as it should be. yeah <laughs> a place of Prom- glory and honor yes. <laughs> prominently displayed <laughs> okay uh i'm instagramming better and yes this is glorious looking thank you <laughs> good, good job casper 
you you did it. Yeah. Like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> backpack, backpack. Okay. Sorry. I got kids, man. I had to watch a, a ton of Dora. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I cool. escaped that. Although I did watch a few episodes with the uh, nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're coming out with a live action. That's great, man. isn't it? Though. Yeah. So <laughs> many thoughts on that. Uh, <laughs> we know you've been thinking about Dora. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I think about all the time. Oh <laughs> yeah, man! This thing looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah, jumping yeah, straight uh, into S like to surface mount. Hey, that's wild. Yes. Uh, as we were talking about before, yeah. like I, I kind of, I very, very only like sort of understand circuit design. Um, and I, like, it's just way over my head. And as we were talking about before, like the through hole stuff, you can put something in backwards mm-hmm. and it makes everything not work. So that was one thing I wanted to like, again, I want to offer this as a permanent, you know, a permanent offering. Um, so it has to be a little bit more solid and like, um, it has to be more, what am I trying to say? Dummy proof to assemble. <laughs> yeah. Consistent is the word that I was, u- was looking well, yeah, for. I mean, right? uh, yeah. That's consistent. what I said. But yes, dummy proof is actually <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, it like, I just wanted everything to be super consistent so I can keep offering it to people who want it. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, I dig it. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I uh, S- SMD uh, scares the the daylights out of me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have a <laughs> I have an like a soldering iron like a soldering station with a with a reflow um, system on it, and it mm-hmm. it gets super hot, and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, every like I've uh, you know desoldered things with it. And, yeah. uh, it seems like anything that I touch with it and I remove from another board and I go and try to like use it as a, as a test platform for something that they don't work. So I like <laughs> cook, I cook everything and touch the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just I, cooking pedals down here. Yeah, no, no, just might as well just set the stuff on fire. Cause nothing works after they, yeah, I don't know. And again, not particularly savvy with this stuff yet. So yeah. Well, you sold out of the original run of the Sky Skybridge, like when it was still the Canon. Yes, uh, yeah, you sold I did out pretty darn fast too, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, it was just a couple. It was like over a weekend, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like super happy about that. And again, like I just wanted to keep offering it, you know. So they'll probably be in limited batches, if I'm being honest, because you know I can only I can only build for so long, um, and I like to build in batches in general. So like I'll do a batch of 10 or I'm going to start out at 10 and then maybe, you know, increase as long as, uh, the demand is there. And you got a video up of you assembling stomp searches. You're going so fast. How do you like, you should do these like 50 at a time. <laughs> well, I mean, like I could, <laughs> that's actually what I do at Fuzzlord. So like I make, I, I, uh, I assemble Fuzzlord pedals and I'll do like a run of like a hundred at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's pretty time consuming, but it's it's really efficient to build like in batches like that. Um, so I, I I kind of know what I'm doing, but it's also in time lapse, so it's fast forwarded. Oh no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. 
I was just waiting for Al to say something, and he was like, man, he's just not biting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too busy on your phone. It's all good. Whatever. Yeah, well, I do Instagram <laughs> good, and I was looking up pictures of ELM effects. ELM effects. Yeah, yeah, and the the new brand is attached to an Instagram profile at Elm Effects. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. It is super cool. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad you kept that look too. I really yep. like the look. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, my friend Alex from Xander Circuitry helped me design the original artwork, and I just love the way that it like visually looked. So I wanted to keep that. And then uh, one cool thing is that the uh, the emblem in the middle of the sky bridge, there's some clouds, and then on the bottom, there's a bridge. And that bridge is actually from, I cut it out of a picture that I took back home in West Virginia of a bridge that connects West Virginia and Ohio. So it was kind of like a, a tribute to my hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Blue and orange, man. Blue, orange, and white looks great. Yeah, it looks really yeah. sharp. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to steal the- it. No. <laughs> <laughs> For my pedal company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's like the biggest news. The big, well, Aside from the crappy guitar experience, the, yeah. uh, the, the uplifting news, the, the one that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, so yeah. And so what was the vision when you, when you created the, the, the cannon slash the sky bridge, mm-hmm. um, what were you going for with that thing? Like why the, yeah. So I wanted to make something versatile. So it's a two in one pedal. We have, a, there's a boost and a, like a distortion drive circuit. My vision was to, to make something that was like articulate in, in the drive circuit part, like something articulate with high headroom and you know aggressive sounding if you wanted it to be and then the the boost idea came about because you know i i like pedals that are versatile i get to test a lot of pedals or like i get to make videos about a lot of pedals so i kind of have refined what i like personally and and i like pedals with a lot of versatility so the the skybridge has two circuits in it your signal goes in through the boost, which can be turned on or off independent of the drive side. So on the right, we have the boost that is controlled with the boost knob. And then on the left, we have the, the drive side, which is controlled with level, high and low, and then drive. And, and again, that, the two circuits being independent from one another gives a lot of like, options to you for how, like, how you want to gain stage or gain stack. You know, you can use it just as a boost with a clean amp, or you can, you know, keep the drive side on as like an always on thing. And then if you want more gain, you can step on the boost side to, to increase the saturation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the goal was just versatility and like a a super easy to use pedal also, because that's, it's a fine line to walk of like offering options but then also not making it daunting or confusing you know so so that was this is my attempt at at walking that line no i like it man it's it's laid out very slick uh for lack of a better term Um, thank you and it's i don't see the words transparent overdrive um anywhere 
it's which, yeah. which I like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the yeah. You don't like that buzzword, Al? Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. And there's, there's obviously scads of people who like transparent drive pedals. I'm just not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I like my pedals to have some character. And yeah, so the 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 drive side of the pedal is is kind of loosely based on a rat or like a rat topology so it's a hard clipping circuit with you red hear that LED. listeners he's ripping off 1981 inventions <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there we go that's it yep. Dang. <laughs> that cat's out of the bag no. <laughs> okay. i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no I, this is yeah, I, did so, wanna, I did want to go down the road of like what kind of drive yeah so it's it's a clone of a drv uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's a hard clipping circuit with red leds so you get a little less saturation and a little more um articulation or like like high-end presence and then we well we also introduced um an active two-band eq so like you can sort of you know you can use it as a tone shaper like a like a, a lower gain tone shaper if you want because the active section means you can boost or cut mm-hmm. each frequency so low and high and and again you can make it to where it's like pretty transparent if you want but it's not it's not you know relegated to only being that I see you I see you <laughs> sidestepping my tricky question <laughs> <laughs> The 1981 thing, or <laughs> no? I, I I genuinely like. I do. I I have used transparent drives. I like, but for the most mm-hmm. part, if you put one of those in front of me, even if it's one I like, and then you put a pedal in front of me, a drive of some kind, yeah, where it has its own character and its own thing, I'm gonna almost always swing that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I. It's just kind of a buzzword at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want it to be transparent, I guess. But no, uh, that's that's another thing. Like the versatility wise is like, I really wanted you to be able to dial dial it into your setup and your guitar, and that's that's what the uh, the two band EQ really helps do. Yeah. No, it's just it's a it's a it's a clever way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a simple way to do it. You know, you've got, yeah. you've got everything you need there to kind of dial in something unique, but at the yeah. same time, it's highlighting what the pedal is and not trying to be something else. Yeah. The, there are a couple like, um, with that style EQ setting, you can get a lot of different sounds. Like if you wanted a mid push sound, so like, like kind of like tube screamer, you could turn the treble and the bass down and then boost the volume because then the mid the mid range stays static so essentially you're rolling off the highs rolling off the lows and then you can boost your volume so you get a tube screamer-esque style drive and then conversely you can choose to amplify the low end and the high end and then if you um if you turn the gain all the way up and turn the boost on you're getting into like fuzz territory. So you can kind of get like a big muff sound too. Mm. Okay. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, dude. I'm so stoked that you're that the pedal came out. Cause I was, I was a bit bummed. Um, I knew 
you know, I, I remember when you you sold out the original run, mm-hmm. and then you were like, um, it's gonna be a bit because I got to rebrand and yeah and stuff, and it's always like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I th- I think it's for the best because again, like I'm I'm able. I, my goal, my plan is to offer this at a larger scale than just a limited run, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it and I'm super glad to hear that you guys are too. Yeah, totally, man. Of course we're big fans of the Eric. Why would we not be big fans of what he makes? <laughs> because it's a 1981 DRV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm no, I like that pedal. I like that pedal too. That is a great pedal. That yeah, is I've awesome not pedal. played one. I really want to, because I really want to like, essentially explore how is it worth the hype that it uh, commands uh i don't i can't answer that for you no i know no one can <laughs> <laughs> um you know and, and i i think i'm a pretty fair and open-minded guy when it comes to this kind of stuff so i, I mm-hmm. i'm not looking to like you know i'm not looking to kneecap this thing or something like that slam yeah. but i am no. curious to like you know and i realize that like the hype that surrounds it is not necessarily something that matt wanted yeah yeah exactly or was responsible for he's just <laughs> trying to you know create a product and sell a product he's not yeah trying to create this like mythic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> item. yeah um and I, you know and i recognize that the same thing happened to poor uh Oh, I forget his name right now, but the gentleman who designed the Klon. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. He was just trying to make a cool pedal and sell some pedals. <laughs> yeah. He did not want people paying five grand for them on eBay. Hey, I seen Josh selling his. JHS. Oh. You see that whole thing? He's selling no, it for 500 grand on Reverb. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah, it was a total joke. But oh, okay, yeah, Thank no. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, it it seems like he's just trolling the gear community totally. at some points. So. Yeah, okay. I, he must be. No, he, he did. I a, legitimately saw a sell for a high number. I think it was in the five thousand yeah. dollar range. And, no, he he did a whole Insta or a whole live video on how it was just a joke and how he read <laughs> oh, he okay. read out all the comments of the people that actually got it. It was pretty. Good. <laughs> it was actually a fantastic part of the JHS show. Okay, see, I, I don't often. <laughs> uh, full confession here. I don't often watch any of the JHS uh, videos because they're just too long and I get bored. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, your mind it, wanders and you see something thing. shiny. <laughs> like, yeah, ooh, honestly, it's, it's kind of true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you. I can't I can't do a thirty minute video on one type of pedal. Mm. That's, that's understandable. It's a little long for me. Yeah, like I don't even get mad at people when they say they can't handle listening to our podcast for when it goes over an hour. It's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Well, they are not going to like this one. <laughs> no, no, we haven't, we haven't stuck to an hour in forever. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be an hour show. We very rarely do. I think the Lurch audio, we stuck to an hour with Lurch audio. We were even under an hour that time, but that's one of the very rare ones. Yeah, very rare. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, everyone, I got to catch up with my boys here. So <laughs> sit back, hang in, 
Come along for the ride. Listen, you blasted yard monkeys. Just sit there and shut up. Enjoy the jaw jacking that we do. Yard monkeys and jaw jacking? I don't know. Those are terms I've never used before. Nope. Or never never even heard them. Yeah, Man. You should probably rotate them into your vocabulary now. Yes. I don't know if I think jaw jacking might end up caught. Yeah, I don't No. Nope. Yeah, don't don't say it anymore. I'm just going to shut up. Casper's Listen, already giving me the funky eye. No, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to actually quote it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I don't Instagram good. Yeah. Listen so, here, you yard monkeys. I don't Instagram good. Sometimes I come up with great things like pedal Sherpa. You know what? I have to and say that's times. one of your finer moments, actually. Really, honestly. <laughs> I listen to you talk a lot, and that's what... Yeah, like, being a colorful character does not mean like everything you say is gold. <laughs> it just means that you're saying a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Eric. Yes. You're you got a lot of places people can find you on the internet and on the old interwebs here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, run us through that before we take off here. Okay. You can find me on Instagram. It's at Eric Marrow. That's probably the easiest way to find me on Instagram. There's also at Lefty Guitars Daily. And at Elm Effects, E L M, the word effects. And then over on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's just my name. So it's youtube.com backslash Eric Merrill. I've got a lot of gear demos and instructional videos over there. And I just hit 5,000 subscribers on that. So <laughs> I have a button. Thank oh, you. I can't Thank push you. It. <laughs> yeah, don't, push the, don't push the fake applause button. <laughs> I'm gonna edit it in. <laughs> next time I next time I come on, I'm gonna pull up a soundboard and then every time someone makes a pun, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sound. Just that fail sound from that game show. No, no, it's gonna be like the uh the sound from Mario where it's like dun 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 that one. Nice. <laughs> nice. You get the little fireworks at the end? Kipoom, yeah. kipoom, kipoom, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mario firework, yeah. Right? That's, yeah, I played a lot of Mario. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I think we all did. <laughs> awesome. Eric, dude, thanks for coming on again, man. I know we yeah. didn't have a big plan, but it was just It's awesome. good to catch up. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, a genuine pleasure, buddy. Looking forward to round three. I'm in. <laughs> all right. Well, goodbye, everyone.